0: Hey, what's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today's episode is brought to you by Cave Social. Cave Social is a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps companies grow online. So if you're having trouble growing your company, whether it's Followers on social media or driving more revenue to your bottom line. Reach out to Cave Social at www.cavesocial.com. Hit that contact us, and they'll be able to help you. All right, today I am sitting with David Mays. David is the co-founder, CMO, and broker at Vivo Realty. So we pop into you know a lot of topics, but really talking about revenue generating activities, also the nuances of building a real estate brokerage and how you have to market to consumers and actually agents simultaneously. So if you're in the real estate space, it's an interesting episode. And more so if you're just a small business owner and you want to talk about, you know, revenue generating activities, it's a solid episode. So sit back and enjoy and I'll see you guys on the other side. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today I'm sitting with David Mays. David, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? So, David is well, one, I'm doing good, but two, I'm I'm interested to dive into your story, man. You are a co founder and broker at Vivo Realty. Tell me about the story, kind of, you know, how that all came to be and, you know, where you guys are at now.
1: Yeah, awesome. So uh, yeah, excited to be on the show and kind of give you the quick synopsis, if you will, of how I got into the brokerage world, which is really kind of interesting because my background really is in marketing and advertising. So I graduated from the University of North Texas with a marketing degree, basically. And right out of college, I started a guerrilla marketing firm with one of my good buddies. His name is Christian Adams, which is funny enough, he is actually in real estate now too. But we didn't start off that way. So we started off doing a guerrilla marketing and sort of outside of the box marketing for small businesses. We also did a lot of web video, which was not really popular at the time, but we knew how popular that would become and how big that would be, not only for, you know, just, you know, in all, in all spaces, but especially in small business. And so what we were doing was really... You know, kind of ahead of, ahead of the time at that time, it's kind of laughable now, but we would put like a video over the website and we would use flash to do that. And so when somebody went to the website, you know, they would be greeted with the video of like, hi, how you doing? This is Bob with blah, blah, blah. And so people really liked doing that. And as I kind of was in doing the marketing and doing the web video stuff, we were doing some web development and my mother was actually a real estate agent. So she was doing a lot of real estate, really successful. And so I started helping her with her marketing and I realized that there was a really, really interesting space for many of those that are in the marketing world and in the design, graphic design world and the development world. It's a very interesting space when it comes to marketing and when it comes to graphics and, and branding and all of that stuff. And it really needed a kick. And I knew that there was a, a lot of opportunity for not only us to do marketing uh, within that space, but to really capitalize on changing the real estate experience and sort of uh, seeing that uh, evolution through. So, so it It was kind of interesting. So anyways, long story short, I got my real estate license and I kind of, you know, was had the investment bug and, you know, kind of always knew that real estate, owning real estate and being involved in real estate was, you know, it could be a lucrative path for me, but I kind of never thought about being a real estate agent. I just kind of got my license. I was right out of college and, you know, we were doing pretty good with the marketing company, but I was like, you know, I'll get licensed to kind of figure this out. So in that process, I started doing a couple of deals with my mother and it ended up being pretty successful. And you know, when you look at the numbers and I was looking at my business model with the marketing and my, and what I was doing with real estate I thought about fusing the two now at that time, my business partner wanted to take a, he's originally from England. And so he took a small sabbatical uh, in London at the time, kind of uh, taking some time off and stuff. And so we kind of mutually agreed to phase, phase the business, the marketing side of the business out. And I took some you know onesie twosie type things where I did some copywriting projects and stuff like that for people. But I really funneled all of that energy and, and my marketing skills into the real estate space. And I was successful. We had a great team. My mother and I had a team called the Maze Group that we ran successfully. But as everybody knows, around this was around 2005 2006 seven the market crashed so as I was doing that the market crashed right underneath me and I went from doing extremely well six figures to you know nothing and you know during those times kind of like right now, you get really inventive and you get creative and you try to figure out ways to monetize and capitalize on what's happening. And so I worked with a lot of investors. We worked with a lot of uh, foreclosures and things like that and short sales. And we ended up having a really, really great year coming out of the recession. So 2000, I guess it was probably 2010, 2009, we had one of our best years. And so during that process, my mother and my father, we decided to start our own real estate brokerage. And in 2011, we started Vivo Realty. So both my mother and I had built up a lot of systems and a lot of skill sets when we were a team that we sort of fused into creating our real estate brokerage. And you know, the rest is sort of history. Now we have about 60 agents, and we've got uh, two locations: we've got a location in Plano and a location in Dallas. The brokerage space, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit later, is is one of the most challenging things I've ever done, not only from a marketing perspective, but if you think about the dynamic of a real estate brokerage is we manage and support and help, you know, 60 other small business owners because they're all 1099 and we help them run their business. So every day is different. Every day is challenging, especially with times like this where, you know, where uh, the showings and things like that can be hindered a little bit and we have to shift models. Every day is exciting and every day is different, you know, but yeah, this year we've been really blessed because we've we've been really busy and that's been great. So obviously the interest rates have a lot to do with that, but Here in the near future, we're going to be uh, changing our model a little bit, too, just because we realized that through all of this, you know, we have two brick and mortar locations. Um, Those locations aren't really as important anymore, uh, the brick and mortar locations, because we're doing everything virtually as it is. So it'll be interesting how we sort of evolve our business model too to to fit sort of what's happening and what's what's going to happen in the future.
0: 100 percent. I mean, we got rid of our office. Month, we had, you know, office space, Santa Monica, studio, everything, and we got rid of that, you know, the first. I think wow. 3 weeks into I was lucky that our uh, the way our lease was structured was month to month which was a, a rarity yep. yeah for uh, for our own solo office too not a co-working or anything and yep. after a certain time period it went to month to month but we ended up same thing I was 3 weeks into coronavirus and being I just looked at it and I was like hmm I don't think we're going to be back in this office for 6 months minimum so yep. let's go remote and then now after being remote and building out all the remote systems I don't see going back to an office. I just uh, maybe having a space that's rented once a month or rented, you yeah. know, to do stuff. But the overhead on on that type of stuff, it just the dollars, don't make sense. It doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even for you know a lot of my clients, uh, you know, are business owners and stuff too. And it's amazing they all went back and they rebuilt their home office, and I sort of did the same thing. So you know, I said you know just like people were going and doing their home gyms and stuff like that. I mean, I kind of had to rearrange and do some things in my personal office. And, you know, you got to just work with what makes the most sense. And uh, mm-hmm. to, your, to your point, sometimes the brick and mortar locations don't make sense if people can't come in. And that's the way it is right now, you know?
0: <laughs> you know, and something you said that I want to elaborate on for the listeners. So mm-hmm. one of the things that brokerages have to do, I, which I don't think a lot of people know this, the way that like a brokerage works in the traditional sense. So right. like Vivo Realty or what some of the listeners maybe, you know, nationwide might know as a, hey, your local Remax, Century 21, Compass, you know, name. Okay. That brokerage has an executive team, it's its own corporation, and has to do two things. One, market to consumers, real estate consumers, and then two, market to agents as yep. a recruiting lever, and then also really your business partners with the agents. Yep. And talk to me a little bit about balancing your marketing and the tactics you use for both, you know, recruiting new agents in and then also, you know, going out and actually increasing the brand footprint and getting more recognizable amongst consumers.
1: I'm glad you brought that out because I don't think a lot of people really understand that. And that's one of the reasons why it's super challenging. And it, whenever I am talking to a marketing provider or somebody's going to help us or assist us with our social media marketing or anything, we spend a lot of time on just that because they don't sort of understand. They think that the responsibility of the brokerage is to pull in leads, you know, buyer seller leads and things like that. And so they're more focused on the consumer, which is true. I mean, that's a great thing to bring in leads and things like that for our agents and to market our property. But at the same time, the brokerage makes income on those agents, recruiting agents, number one, and then those agents being successful. So number one prospect for a brokerage or number one niche is going to be the agents. We really want to recruit those agents. So we have to spend a lot of time and energy focusing on that aspect of our marketing first. And then once we pull in the agents, we wanna be able to make the agents happy and make them successful by telling them, this is how our firm markets those listings and those properties that you're getting. So traditionally, you know, it's kind of interesting is we did a lot of face-to-face old school stuff. I'm also a real estate instructor at one of the local real estate schools, which that's, you know, sort of been on hold with everything that's happening. We can't do face-to-face classrooms, but um, so they're doing a lot of online format type stuff. But that was a big way for me to have outreach to potential new agents that were coming into the business. And so we would spend a lot of time recruiting through the uh, local, it's called Champions Real Estate School. And so we do a lot of recruiting and speaking there. And then just you know organically through my teaching, I would naturally have students come up and talk to me about the brokerage and things like that. And so that was really important for us. That was one uh, real important aspect for us. But since that's sort of really changed, we've now shifted to doing a lot of email marketing is very important for us and a lot of social media marketing. To further add insult to injury on the real estate side of things, when you're marketing for agents, we can no longer target certain demographics on Facebook. Facebook with federal fair housing laws and equal employment laws We can't now go after a certain demographic of people by demographic. I mean, age group, uh, income brackets, and so on and so forth. And so it's really challenging to market for real estate uh, agents on Facebook and also challenging to market for buyers and sellers on Facebook. But we have found that spending our money on social media has been the biggest ROI for us, but also the email marketing has proved very successful too. So if you're in front of the agents enough and they see your message enough, they'll engage with it. And when they engage with it... It doesn't happen overnight, but if you're staying in front of them, eventually they'll want to reach out and they'll want to chat with you and stuff like that. Yo, Go ahead.
0: Yeah, totally. It's one of those things where the outward marketing, the social media really provides the air cover for the account-based marketing that's happening behind the scenes. Yeah, and it, it's you know something that other businesses use. Talking with other executives on the show that in other companies, in other industries, you know, a lot of times, like you said, the social is just something to get the wheels turning, and then it's really those face-to-face conversations, and you know, the sales process and selling your company and why the right. prospect of working there, which is in any industry, right? Like when you're going after a top producer in any industry, it's hey, you better have some unique selling propositions about your company, and then have your social or your email. Or your traditional print, whatever you're using for marketing, is really your air cover. so yeah, I, I'm right there with you Now, talk to me about you know starting your own brand, Vivo Realty. Talk to me about I guess the importance of there's four affirmations I see on the site, and really talk to me, I guess about having a purpose and a deeper mission you know that really defines the brand.
1: Yeah, you know, and and that's another good question as well. And because when you're sort of thinking about starting uh especially in the real estate space, you know, the kind of go to is what's been done before, right? People will usually use their last name. Uh both my mother and I when we had a uh team, we used the maze group, so we kinda had that. And one of the reasons we didn't want to use that same name is that we when we hired our agents, we wanted them to feel comfortable about putting not someone else's name when they're putting their sign up in a yard. I wanted them to be able to have something that they could create within our firm. And so we really wanted to be that support and that backbone and, you know, back to the affirmations and things like that. When we created the name Vivo, the word Vivo is Latin for living. And so a lot of people think, oh, Vivo, viva, which, you know, it, and it does, you know, there are other languages that use that use that a lot in their language, but it's a Latin term that means living. And so even our hashtag is start living. And the reason why we chose that is one of the things when I first started this business that really, you know, got me down is when you're starting your own business, there's a lot of failure and there's a tendency to burn out and to work too much and to really try to reinvent the wheel. When I looked at how my mother was running and operating her business, she really integrated the real estate business into her life. So for example, instead of uh, not doing anything on the weekends and dedicating her entire weekend to real estate, you know, she would fit fitness in, she would fit spending time with family. She would fit, you know, being able to enjoy herself. And then the real estate just weaved itself into that. What we wanted to do is teach the agents to have and operate a business where they worked mostly from referrals And they were able to create a six-figure income within this industry, but also enjoy their life and not make everything about working on, you know, we all want to work on behalf of our client, obviously, but not burning yourself out. And so that was really, really big behind the purpose that we created this company. And we wanted to really use that start living as not only when you work for yourself, are you uh, in control of your own time? But, uh, you know, it's your business. And so you're not working for, you're not an employee. you're not working for somebody else. It's yours. And so we really wanted to instill that in our agents and really show them how special that really is to be able to own and operate your own business, make money, and still enjoy your life.
0: Totally, and that balance, and that's where I I'm with you. I don't necessarily believe in like a balance or like it's a switch where you hey turn that's one right. off and turn the other one on. I think they're so integrated yep. with each other, especially when you are an entrepreneur, and it's more like levers, and the one's always going. But you know, hey, okay, I'm going to be a little bit more on the family lever right yeah. now. I love uh, that. Yeah, I love and that pull, and pull back on the you know business, but I'm right there with you. Talk to me now, right? Okay, you're there. Start this company, family business. Getting there, really, I guess, is there anything that's coming down the pipe that you guys are really excited about from a a growth perspective, whether that be in recruiting or, you know, from a consumer play?
1: Yes, I think so. And you'll actually appreciate this, too, from a marketing standpoint, is that my background and my passion being marketing, I really started diving back into direct response marketing. And the reason being is that, you know, when you know when a lot of these students that are probably in college now, when you're learning about marketing, they're going to teach you a lot about a very broad, a broad level of marketing and not direct response marketing. So you may be wanting to be a copywriter or an advertising working in an ad with an advertising company and they're trying to appease board members and win awards and, and those kind of things, which is great. And you know, sometimes it's over the top creative again, which is great. They're trying to win awards and stuff. But when when it comes to small business marketing we're trying to make the cash register ring we're trying to get people to pick up the phone and so i dove head first into an entire world of copywriting from you know gary halbert letters uh, the boron letters to eugene i forget the guy's last name now i have the book in my office but anyways i went crazy and so i really did a lot of research on on copywriting and direct response marketing and utilizing that in not only how we recruit agents, but also uh, getting listings and uh, getting buyers. And so that's been something that we really want to implement when our, with our agents and show them how them they as business owners need to utilize direct response marketing to generate leads. Because there's this notion in real estate that when you join a brokerage, the brokerage is going to feed you leads, right? And even though we as a firm do give our agents leads, we want to teach them how to fish. We want to teach them how to be successful doing that. So Both Bernice, my mother's name is Bernice, and I are going to start teaching some online seminars. Mine's going to be very marketing focused and hers is going to be focused on getting that referral business. And so we're really going to dive headfirst into the training side of things and the online training side of things. So we're building out that portal now. So that's going to be something that's going to be very exciting that we're going to be introducing towards the end of this year. And then again, like I talked about initially, really changing our format to be more of a virtual. And I don't want to say we're going to be a virtual brokerage, but to really have all of those tools for the agents available virtually, which is a very interesting shift from where we were before because we did have the brick and mortar locations and of course like we talked about earlier, you know, I am a fan of face to face and doing things in person, but by sheer nature of the culture that we're in now, we have to learn how to adapt to that and, you know, even with our clients, you know, sometimes we'll have buyers you know, go with us in our car. And now that's not even a reality. So it's, you know, I, I did a showing this weekend with a past buddy client of slash client of mine. And, you know, we had our masks on the entire time. And, you know, in, in Dallas, Texas, where we're located, it's, you know, 100 12 degrees outside. And so it's been interesting and it's all going to change. And, you know, I don't think that it's going anywhere. I don't think the masks will change. It may change as far as uh, being mandated or whatnot, but I don't think things like that are going to change much in our near future. And so we have to, uh, I don't necessarily like the term pivot but we have to adapt and get ahead of it, and we're excited about some things that we're going to be introducing in order to allow not only our firm to be ahead of this and to adapt to it, but to teach our agents how to be successful through this, um, you know, pandemic and anything else that might happen in the near future. So,
0: very cool. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that, you know, marketing and marketers really shifting their idea and their ideas and efforts towards revenue generating activities, That's right. and being able to pass that on through training to be like, look, like. Yeah, a TikTok's great, but spending eight hours setting up a TikTok, building out your TikTok strategy as a realtor is not the best use of your time. Right. Instead, it sounds boring, but going out and getting 50 letters and writing yep. 50 handwritten letters to the last 50 people you did you've done business with over the last 5 years. Right. That's going to generate way more income for you. And you know there's a lot of small businesses I think can learn from that. We chase the shiny object thinking that's going to be 100%. the game changer yep. instead of okay, let's go back to some of these tried tested and true methods. So very very cool to hear. Yep. You know not only Doing that, but then pushing that back down through the organization.
1: Correct. And even hiring people, right? I mean, that's not something you're specifically good at. And even after training, it's not something you're good at. Then hire a marketing company or somebody who can help you with your marketing plan to get your content out there and to get your message out there because it it works. Marketing works. Advertising works, you know.
0: 100%. 100%. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Before I let you go, let people know where they can find out more about Vivo and connect with you online.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you can find us at vivorealty.com and uh, you'll learn a little bit more about our company and some of our agents. And if you want to connect with me, I'm on LinkedIn at David F. the second, I believe, and on Facebook the same way. And I'm on in, uh, Instagram as well as David underscore Maze M-A-E-Z.
0: Awesome. And I will put links to those in the show notes, guys, so you can just go down, click that and easily connect with David. David, thanks again for coming on the show, man.
1: Cool, man. And one more question. I may ask you to do the same for me and be a guest on my podcast pretty soon. So
0: let's, let's (laughs) do it. Let's do it. Awesome. Cool. All right, everybody. uh, That is it for this episode. As always, please hit like, share, subscribe, and I'll catch you next time.